Welcome, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Everybody say, welcome, Pastor. The more energy y'all give me, the more energy I give y'all back. What's up, Tony? What's up? Welcome, Pastor. Welcome, y'all. Good to see you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hurry up, kiddos. Hurry up, baby. Hurry up. Hurry up. Ah. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm Pastor Marshall. Good to be here with you guys this morning on this nice summer day. Y'all are in church. Glad to see everybody back from travels and some others. Another wave went off to travel, but that's all good, too. So glad to see you guys this morning. Um, We're in a three-week series. We started last week, a three-week summer series called Loving What Matters. And last week, I told you that when Jesus was asked a question in Matthew 22 about what was most important, what mattered most, Jesus replied with this. He said, to love God. That was the first thing, right? He said, the first, the first and greatest commandment is to love God. Then he said, the second is just like it. He said, to love others. Or he said, your neighbor, but to love others as you love yourself. So love God, love others, and love yourself. So in this three weeks, this is week two, I want to just talk about those three things. How to love God how to love others, and how to love ourselves. You know, sometimes we don't know how to love ourselves the right way. And sometimes we just really neglect to love others. So I want to talk about it this week. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those that are here. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share your word. I thank you for your spirit. Make preaching easy for me this morning, Lord. I've studied, yet I need your strength. I've prayed, yet thou need your power. Do for your people what only you can do this summer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So I understand that loving others, today we're going to talk about loving others and what that looks like. We're going to flesh it out a little bit, just a little bit. Um, I understand that ultimately God called us to this unique thing, to love others. And we don't find that as easy sometimes, do we? This would be yes, you know, nods, you say something, whatever. I'm going to be down the roads, you guys. Um, sometimes it's, hard, it's easy to love others sometimes, and other times it's hard. But this, this, there's this unique thing, this unusual command that Jesus has given us. Um, scripture uh, doesn't give us any disqualifiers when it comes to loving others, Monica. He, didn't, he doesn't say, you know, love others until, or love others only if. You know, so that's what makes it unusual and makes it a little bit hard because there's no disqualifiers. He just says, love God, love others. And, and, and so we, we don't really understand, Pastor, we don't really understand how, when it comes to loving others, how far am I supposed to go? How, how far am I supposed to give? I want to, I want to let you know, this is for free, the, the, the word of God and, and God himself expects us to do it. The word of God commands that we do it. And if, you're, and if you're a child of God, he expects you to do it. So am I to love random people? That, it, it, it's to that extent. And, and then and am I to love those that are close to me that are like family? Hmm. Hmm. That's, that's the boundary. That's really the boundary. You know, when I was playing basketball, one of the things I always, always asked my coach, you know, to, um, sometimes, you know, because I was really fast, and I was 148 pounds, 168 when I married her. I'm 200 plus now. But 
you know, when, when, I was, when I was in high school, I was really fast, right? And I was really good on defense. I knew that if I played good defense, it would, it would create good offense. How many of y'all have played ball? Y'all know that, right? And so sometimes I, wanted, I would ask the coach before I would go into the game, and one thing he loved about me is not that I have all the best talent, although I was pretty good, is that I was teachable. He would say, Marshall, when you get in there, go do this. And I would go in there and do what he said. Sometimes the big-time all-star uh, players that we had, all-Americans, they would go in there and they would do their own thing. So anyway, what I'm trying to get you to see is I knew in bounds, if, if, if the coach said, when we get in there, I need you to do a box in one, that meant everybody else would play, you know, play a zone around the rim. But my job was to chase the guy, the, the, the guys to pass the ball around, is to, or is to lock down their, their, their best player. What, what he was giving me was the boundary of my position. Other times we played man to man. The, the, the boundary for us when it comes to loving others is the random person. The random person. When you get in a game of life as a Christian, and, and, and then the other end, on the other end, the boundary is the family that's outside of yourself. Your wife, your kids, your mom, your dad. That's the boundary. But Jesus doesn't give us any disqualifiers. He doesn't give us any disqualifiers on how far we should go. But he gives us the boundary. That's good preaching. Oh, my goodness, y'all. I, I know it's hot and it's summer. I need y'all to wake up a little bit with me. So we are to love others, love others outside of ourselves. So in this three-part series, that's what I want to talk about, what it means to love God, what it means to emphasize loving others in particular today, and what it means to love yourself next week. Oh, man. But self is next week. This week is others. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look behind you, in front of you. Yes, you get it. Others. 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 So our example for that today, instead of just going over Matthew 22, what I wanted to do was I wanted to pick examples from the Bible and just pull examples on what it means to love God. That's what I did last week. And this week, my example that I pulled that I want to lift for you today is Hosea. Is that okay? Woo. How many of you know the story of Hosea? It's about to get good. It's about to get good. So today we're going to look at Hosea. Meet me. Take a look with me in Hosea 1, verses 1 through 3. Whew, when Jesus says love others, we're saying it's outside of ourself. The boundary is the random person all the way to the close family member. All right? Hosea 1 says, The Lord gave this message to Hosea, son of Bere, during the years when Uzziah, Jonathan, Ahaz and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. And Jeroboam, son of Joash, man, these names, was king of Israel. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, man, what a, what a, what a first instruction. And y'all looking at me like, Pastor, you're saying love others. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how far Israel has acted the prostitute. This, is, this will illustrate how far the, the, the U.S. has acted the prostitute. This will illustrate how far Virginia Beach has acted the prostitute. This will illustrate how far the world has acted the prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. 
Man, let me put a pin right there. Man, I thought about Hosea is just coming on the scene. You got all these other guys that they list, even his dad, that, 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 that were um, prophets. Now Hosea's on the scene. And the first thing you're going to tell me, God, the first thing you're going to tell me, go and marry a prostitute, a hooker, a hoochie mama. And I, and I thought about, because when I read the text, when I read the text, I, I, I just have these things that pop in my head that made, you know, because I wasn't always a Christian. I have these things that pop in my head. But when I read the text, I look at the text and I'm like, I think of the Mayhem commercial. Have y'all ever seen the Mayhem car commercial where the guy pulls up to the house and he's, he's, on, the, he's on the camera and he's like, what? Who are you? And, 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 <laughs> and Mayhem says, um, I'm here to steal your car. And he's like, what? And he goes on to talk to him back and forth. They have this discourse. And he's like, what? If I'm, if, if I'm a uh, Hosea, I'm looking at God. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm dressed the right way. I'm ready. I've been, I've been studying. I've been, I've been preparing my life. Lord, I'm ready, for, I'm ready for you to tell me something. And he says, Marsha, go marry a prostitute. What? <laughs> but when it comes to loving others, that's exactly sometimes how we feel. God says, I want you to do this, buy their lunch. What? Go spend some time with that elderly couple. What? Man, I'm trying to give y'all some extremes and they're not popping in my head. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute. Verse three says, so Hosea married Gomer. What does verse 3 say? Help me out, church. So Hosea married Gomer. There, there was no what? There was no time. You know, let me get myself together. Maybe when I'm 30, but, you know, I'm young right now, God. You know, hold, hold on, let me get a couple of these uh, vacations under my belt. He said, go and marry the prostitute. So Hosea married Gomer. Man, I have one goal as a Christian, Tiff. One goal as a Christian, Ed, and that's just to do what he said. When I'm reading and he's convicting me, my goal is just to do what he said. I don't know how many of you are like me. I had a mother and a grandmother and a mother-in-law who, who uh, when they said something early in our relationship, they expected it to be done. When my mom said, because I was the oldest of three, when my mom said, when I get home from work, this house better be clean. Guess what? When I knew if she got off at 4 and by 4.30 she, she, she was going to get home, it wouldn't be, but by 3 o'clock I'm running. <laughs> hey, guys, I'll be back. i got to get some stuff done or whatever. Because when mom comes through the door, she expects the house to be clean. Whatever she said something, my job was to obey it. Amen. It's not like that today. Now we got to negotiate with our kids. Now we got to negotiate with church members. Hey, would you come and do this? You know, hey, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? And in my spirit, I'm feeling like you're saying, what? But I'm trying to help you on your job. I'm 
trying to help you in the home. I'm just the middleman. <laughs> mm. It's an unusual love story, but the point is, God points us out to position us for what he commands us to do. So I simply titled our talk today, and I probably won't be long, I simply titled our talk today, Gone After Gomer. Gone After Gomer. God said, go marry a prostitute. And verse 3 says, so Hosea married Gomer. Man. (laughs) Gone After Gomer. Before we know much about Hosea, the first thing we see of, of him is his level of commitment. Before we know anything else, we see his level of commitment. God told him to do something, and he does it, right? He told him to do something, verse 2. Verse 3, he starts off doing it. So that's the first thing we see. But do y'all know, if we're titling this Gone After Gomer, do y'all know what it means to be gone? What does it mean to be gone? The Urban Dictionary says to be gone is, is a mental ascension to something. And it also, means, it also means a point of no return. Y'all been gone. Y'all been gone after physical fitness. Y'all, y'all been gone after your pursuit of, of perfection, where you try to do everything your best. I've been, I'm a perfectionist. I try to do everything my best. We've been gone mentally in all kinds of ways. We've been gone when it comes to happiness and the pursuit of happiness. It's not just a movie, but many of us are pursuing happiness because we're gone in our mind. We, you, we, know, we know what it is to go after something. We do, we do. Uh, we, we, we are gone and m- mentally after approval of others. We're seeking everybody's approval. Oh, please, I want them to like me. You're not saying that, but you're desperately wanting people to like you. So we know, we know what it means to be gone. In, in high school, I knew what it, what it was to be gone in a relationship because there was a certain girl. She was kind of thick, athletic, she's a little bit short, and, and, and she played sports, and, and, and she would meet me at the school sometimes and, and meet me in the gym, and, and every time I saw her, she would follow me to my basketball games. She would follow me here and there. She would show up at places. She was gone after her man. Oh, we know what it's, we know what it's like. We know what it's like to be gone after something, don't we? Yeah, we do. We know what it's like to be gone. Um, Which leads me to the text. Here we are. We see a young preaching prophet. We call him Hosea. Hosea, Marco, is his name. Preaching is his game. So Hosea's on the scene. God gets to speaking to him. What do you want me to do? Hosea, in those days, we, we, we see the task, or you might not know the task, but behind the scenes, what was going on was Israel, Israel um, always looked for prophets to speak to them. God spoke indirectly to the nation of Israel. I mean, we have a privilege today where God speaks to us. He speaks to our heart. We're, we'll read the Bible, and he puts impressions on our mind and our heart and our spirit, right? But in those days, they waited for somebody to tell them. So Hosea was a young preaching prophet on the scene, and, uh, and, 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 and he, he, God spoke through them to get the people to do what he, they needed to do. The difference with Hosea was he spoke for the people, 
and then he let God's word speak to his life. He applied everything God said to his life. We see that right off the bat in the text. We see the level of his commitment. We know the story of Hosea. Most of us do. Some of us do. But I would imagine this. Hosea is preparing his life. He's finally got his robe that he should wear as the priestly prophet. He's young. He's ambitious. He's got goals. He's hanging out in the mall, and in the Israeli mall, probably. He's got things that he's got on his mind. He's probably even got a girl or two, a type of girl on his mind, on his heart. You know, but they say behind every good man is what? A good woman. And behind every good preacher is a good preacher's wife. That's what they say. Y'all heard from they? <laughs> that's what they say. I think they get it wrong sometimes. But uh, that's what they say. And so I, I can imagine, in my spiritual imagination, Hosea, he's, he's down there and he's got his life together. And he's picturing, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of God now. I'm speaking for God. I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. And he's probably at the Israeli mall, and he's looking around at girls, and he's got a type in his head, because I know as a preacher, before I was called to God, I had a type of girl in my head that I liked. Maybe, maybe Hosea's type was a tall girl. Maybe, maybe she was athletic. Maybe she was the kind that, that, that um, kept herself together. Maybe he had in his mind, maybe Hosea had in his mind, you know, when I get married one day, when I get the right girl to be the preacher's wife, maybe, maybe she's going to help me teach Sunday school. Maybe she's going to meet with the women and do a women's group, a Bible study. Maybe, maybe. And then so he's looking around and he's, and he's, he's got this type in his head. And then he sees this other girl. And God said, there she is in his heart. God said, Isaiah, I mean, God says, Hosea, there he is. There she is. And she doesn't look like what he imagined in his mind. Maybe, I don't want to look at anybody. Maybe she had on a lot of mascara. Maybe she had them Egyptian eyes, you know, the, with the eyeliner that goes all the way across to the corner. Maybe she had the press on nails. Maybe everything about her, you know, he was thinking about something tall, she's short. Maybe everything about her was short. She, she, she wore short tops and short skirts. And, and she knew how to walk. And, and, and God said, I know, I know what you envision in your head. I know what you envision in your head. But that one, not that, that one, D-A-T, that one. And Jose is like, that one? What? <laughs> and so he goes to marry her. I, I, I can imagine when, when, when Hosea got that I message from God that it didn't look, <laughs> it didn't look nothing like he planned when he got that I message. And he was like, wow. So this is going to be my life. And I wonder, church, what, what, what? Would make a preacher marry a prostitute? What would make a preacher marry a prostitute? Sounds oxymoronic, right? That's what I want to talk to you about. We see Hosea as a love story where God's grace reaches his people. Yeah, God's grace reaches his people. But I believe 
Hosea married Gomer for one reason alone. And that's my first point. Hosea married Gomer because when you are God's first, when you are God's first, our obedience is better than our objective. When I'm God's first, obedience is better than our objective. He was God's, and yet he was fully committed. What a difference his life made. That's the difference between believing in God and the difference between following God. Oh, most of us in this room believe in God. I would say all of us, if I was to do a statistic, all of us believe in God. But there's a distinction, there's a fine line between those who believe and those who follow. Who follow. If I, I told you, I already confessed, if I, if I can do one thing, my greatest thing I would want to do for God is to obey what he says. Because I know it's always going to work out for me. It's, I may not see it. I may not understand it. That's why we started this church. I left a nice, comfortable office building. I read, everything is already established. God says, start over. But it's working out. It's working out. Our obedience is better than our objective. Wow. I believe the difference in caring enough to listen is when we believe that listening is important. Tony Evans said this in a recent blog. Tony Evans said, those of us who have accepted Christ must care enough to connect. Our commitment is vertical to God as well as horizontal to others. The committed Christian our commitment is vertical to him, and then it's horizontal to others. But we must care enough to connect. That's what makes us different from all those nice people you know on your job, is they know that you care enough because the God in you. When you want to slap somebody, but you care enough and you have holy restraint. Wow. During Hosea's day, church, the people of Israel were doing their own thing. Let me speed this up. I said they were doing their own thing. They didn't have much time for God. They, they, they went to the temple sometimes, but yet, but yet in, in their heart, the temple wasn't in them. They went to church, but the church wasn't in them. So, so they were, they were, they were kind of after God, but then they started worshiping all these other idols. They were worshiping the weekend. They were ready for the weekend, but they were worshiping the weekend. And Israel prostituted themselves before God. And God said, because, they're, because when I leave them alone, they're, they're, they're going to just do everything that they want to do. God is like, I need to bring, I need to rein them in. I need to give them a word. Who's going to listen to me? Who's going to listen to me enough for me to give them this word? This word needs to come through, not through their anger. This word needs to come through, not through their, their uh, comfort. This word needs to come through. Who can give me a word to the people? And so he chose Hosea because he knew Hosea would go after Gomer. When God can trust you with much, he will give you more. That's for somebody. 
So Israel acted the prostitute. And Hosea, marriage meant that he would go after Gomer. Here's the good news. There's some Gomer in us too. That's why I didn't make fun of her name. When I first read the name, I thought, Gomer? I would never marry a Gomer. Never. But then the word has a way of slapping you in the face. And God said, you know, Marshall, there's some Gomer in you. I mean, Gomer, at some point, he was, she was unfaithful. Gomer, at some point, she was all over the place. And I thought about my life. All over the place. And I was saved at 14, but I wasn't really committed until 27. Do y'all know y'all have some Gomer in y'all? Okay, okay. We, we, we prostitute our, primples, our principles and our convictions sometimes more than we like some Gomer. We're, we're not called prostitute or hoochie, but there's some Gomer in us. We disregard others and follow our, uh, we follow issues and disregard others rather than getting out in front of issues. We're looking at them and following them and listening to them, but we're not saying anything. And yet God is in pursuit of us. There's some Gomer in you. But secondly, when you're committed to God, this is my last point. When you're God's first, loving others comes at a cost. Loving others comes at a cost. I know they want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Everybody's looking down at their phone, checking out the passage. Loving others comes at a cost. By chapter 3, Gomer is gone. See what happens in chapter 2? Hosea married her, and everything's all well and fine. But then she's gone again. It It wasn't bad enough that she was a prostitute, Jay. But now she's gone again. And that's where we lose it with our faith. That's where we lose it with our Christianity. I'll do it the first time until you hurt me again. I'll be nice initially until you give me reason not to be nice. What about when Gomer is gone again? And Hosea, it it says in the scripture, and I want you to see this, Hosea does something antithetical to what we would do. Cody, what he does, what he does is amazing, it's amazing. He shows that he's committed, he's all in. Everybody say all in. What he does, if you look, if you look at me on the screen, chapter Hosea 3, it says that when the Lord said to me, go and love, then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. So she's not just looking at him. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel even though the people have turned to other gods and have and loved to worship them. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Loving others always comes at a cost. And either Hosea was very rich as a preaching young prophet or he, break, he broke the bank 
he broke the bank. Which reminded me, that's what God did for us. When it came to Jesus, he said, these people are unworthy. From the beginning, they're going to do their own thing. They're going to praise me on Sunday, and then they're going to do their own thing on Sunday night. They're going to post crazy stuff that shows that they're not following me. But son, I'm going to send you anyway. And he was bought, and he bought us with a price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, you were bought with a high price. God bankrupt heaven. He broke the bank by sending Jesus for you and for me. So from Gomer's perspective, she didn't deserve it. But God did it anyway. He did it anyway. And neither do we. So I took the long route here this morning just to, to, to get to where I need you to be right here. Not only was Hosea instructed to take Gomer back, but he was instructed to go the extra mile to love her. Woo! God has an unusual request for us today. He's not saying just to, just to be nice to your enemies. He said, love God. Check. We got that. But he said, love others. Check. What? Go the, go the extra mile. And so what you, what you got to do is you got to take your horse down to the old town road and ride till you can't no more. You got to go after Gomer. You got to go after Gomer. That's what he's asking us to do. Yeah. God's unusual request today for us to, is to ensure that love is available for others. That's what he's waiting on. For us to ensure that his love is available to others when we go after Gomer's. So if I can call your attention to recognize the Gomers in your life. Someone said, the truth of the matter is that you always know the right thing to do. The hard part is doing it. Our task is to recognize the Gomers and then go after them. Yeah. We're not, we're not called to do what Hosea did, but we're called to go in the same direction. To go in the same direction. So Hosea's name, and I thought you need to know this, that Hosea's name isn't mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. You would think someone who's committed like this, that he, that he would be mentioned all throughout the Bible, right? And especially in the New Testament. He helped save, his obedience saved the nation, tried to help save a nation. But his name's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. But Gomer's name, Gomer's name is significant in the Bible. Would you stand with me? Gomer's name is significant. Is significant. Could you empty your hands? I said Gomer's name is significant. Pastor, I get it. We're supposed to go after Gomer's. We're supposed to be obedient. I get it. Love God. Check. Go after Gomer. Check. If everybody can look up this way. 
Pastor, who's Gomer? There's some Gomer in all of us. Look to your left or look to your right. There's Gomer. Gomer is the person on your left hand or your right hand. As far as a random boundary, as, as, as far as or as close as a family member, Gomer. 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 Gomer, young man. Gomer. 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 Dressed up? Gomer. Casual? Gomer. Been through a lot? Gomer. Educated? Gomer. Not educated? Gomer. Gomers aren't broke down people. Gomers are the people that need God. So I want you to do, what I want you to do this morning, I want you to grab somebody next to you, whether it's front, back, side. I want you to grab Gomer. Because Gomer has gone through a lot. And I want you to pray for Gomer this morning. I want you to pray for Gomer. Don't just look, who, don't just look for who's familiar, but I need everybody to have someone in their hand. Come on up here, young man. Indy, come on up here. I need you to grab Gomer, and I need you to pray for Gomer. I need you to pray, I need you to pray some things. I, I, I specifically ask God, Lord, what do you want me to say? First thing God said is pray that they feel loved. Pray that they feel, after all the things that they're going through in their lives and all the things that they're doing, pray that they feel appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Pray, pray that they would know that they are blessed because of his grace. So I want you to pray those things. I want you to pray for Gomer, the Gomer in your hand, the Gomer that you grabbed. I want you to pray, I want, not for yourself. We're praying for others. We're praying, God, help them to feel loved. Help them to feel appreciated. Help them to know they're blessed because of your grace. Would you pray right now? Grab Gomer. Squeeze Gomer's hand. Let her know. Let him know that you're praying. Squeeze their hand. Not too much, but squeeze their hand. Let, you, let them know that you're consciously praying for them. Everybody's praying. Everybody's praying. Let them know. They feel loved. Loved by God. That they feel appreciated. Appreciated by God. That they feel blessed because of God's grace. They're blessed. Gomer's been through a lot. But here, but here, God, here God comes again, church. Here God comes again. God's going after, after you. Father, I thank you for those that were obedient to your word today, that stayed just a little longer, Lord, to hear what you had to say. Lord, I'm Gomer. Been through a lot but I'm still here. Lord, I ask you to show your love in this place. And for those who will listen online, I ask you to show your appreciation the same and that the blessings of God will follow. And if there's no someone here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that you will help them to say this little prayer after me. Lord, I believe in your son. I believe that Jesus is your son of God and that he died for me. 
and, 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 and where I started off as, as Gomer and not feeling valued, because of your son, my sins can be forgiven. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those who come after me.